My guest today is one hell of a hairstylist and one half of the wildly successful Morbid Podcast, along with 511 other shows, including Scream and the Rewatcher Podcast, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The Podcaster Studio is honored to welcome Ash Kelly. Woo! Ash, thank you for joining me. Um, very honored to have you. As we were saying before we got started, there were no technical difficulties, which is a first for me. Smooth sailing. Heard you immediately. We got right to it. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. And you're right. This went off without a hitch. Yes. Um, it's how I like to uh, do things. Um, very opposite of the hitch movie starring Will Smith. There will be no allergic reactions. Everything's going to be smooth. Keeping you far away from peanuts or anything that you have wrong with you won't affect you at this interview. I can promise you that. Amazing. Mostly Thank because you. we're like it's it's social distance and through technology. So I feel confident yeah. in being able to promise that you will not go into anaphylactic shock during this interview. That's relieving so. to hear. So thank you. Yeah, well, I like to, you know, really let people's guard down by promising them things that I know I can give them, you know, like, yeah. I'm not gonna shake your hand weird in this interview. I can promise you. Boom. That. So yeah, you under promise over deliver. Oh, yeah, big time. That's like my specialty. <laughs> Ash, <laughs> let's get started, shall we? Yes. And I like to get started where all things start, which is the beginning. So where were you born? Okay, this is a fun fact, actually. I was born in Honolulu, Hawaii. Ooh, okay. Yeah, very random. How much time random. did you spend there? Not enough. Was I it like, think I was like popped out, popped out, and then got out of there, or like hung around for a bit? I hung around for a little bit, but like not that I can remember, which kind of sucks. I think I was like probably close to two when I left. Have you been back? No, but I am going for my honeymoon in October, so that's going to be my my visit to the homeland. Check out the hospital, yep. get a souvenir of some kind. Yeah, it goes full yeah. circle that way. Yeah, yeah, let it go it full does. circle. Yeah, I mean, why else would you go to Hawaii? It's not like it's gorgeous or anything like that. You just go, yeah, you, you know. got to go visit the homeland. Um, <laughs> what? Okay, well, okay. so um, then let's re, refocus the question then. So where did, where did you grow up? I grew up in Boston. Yes, and what hand would you say Boston had in shaping who you are today? I feel like it had a, I feel like it had like a big hand in shaping me. My family is like super Boston. Like uh -huh. we're all super close. Like we used yeah. to get together on Sundays and have dinner all the time. And it's, like, it's one of those vibes. Like we're like a close knit Boston fam. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that's okay. Well, that's good. I, I like, I've never been to Boston, but you know, based really? on, yeah, never have, never had the opportunity. It's not uh, like it's impossible to get there. I just haven't done it yet, but it's on my list for sure. Yeah, you gotta you know, get yeah. here, man. I gotta I get some clam chowder. That was terrible. <laughs> that was a terrible Boston accent. That was, but, that was uh, all right. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, from what I see from you know celebrities and you know CT from the Real World Rules Challenge, um, it is this very much similar to Baltimore for me. That I feel like why I feel like I feel a kinship there is that it's big city, small town vibe. Yep, exactly. like you get both. You you know you get you know all the stuff that you would get in a New York, but also. People are like, I, I know your cousin or like, you know, everybody knows somebody in this really weird way or went to school with them. So it almost as as it's like the best of both worlds. No, it definitely is. is. That accurate? You got, yeah. You have like the little like outskirts and the suburbs that you can go to for like a little quieter. But then if you want to go in the city, it's right there. And you're going to run into somebody that, you know, exactly. Yeah. Guaranteed. OK, so understandable. Um, what would you say young Ash would say they wanted to be when they grew up? Oh, I was like a character when I was younger. So it depends okay. what age you asked me at when I was really little. Under 10, under 10. Okay. When I was really little, this is an actually very embarrassing fact about me. 
I was really obsessed with the movie Coyote Ugly. I don't know if you've ever seen it. <laughs> oh, I've seen Coyote Ugly. I'm familiar. So that's what I wanted my job to be. I wanted to work at Coyote Ugly. I wanted to be Violet in Coyote Ugly. Sure, sure. But then I kind of got a grasp on things and I actually wanted to be a teacher for a little while. And that's, I went to college for a little bit to do teaching. And then I was yeah. like, eh, I don't know if I like this. And then hair called to me. Yeah. As hair is want to do. Um, yeah. yeah. Teaching, man, I have such a great respect for teachers and it's crazy and sad how much it's become this like, good for you for choosing to do that. Right. Job it's where sad. It's like you should be financially viable and overpaid, if anything, as a teacher. 100%. And yet, and yet it's this job where I go, it's such a calling and such an amazing work that you do. But it really is like a, hmm, yeah, you've chosen a very humble way to live your life and not make much money for the. That's that's good for you to choose to do that. It's like weird, you know, because it is it should be this. It is a great honor, but it's not treated like it is. And I think that that's really messed up that like you can go into it wanting to be a teacher for all the right reasons of inspiring the youth and being around kids and all these things. And then you yep. go, I can't eat food and live in a home on exactly. the salary. It's imp it's like impossible. And they want me to buy my own paper. Yeah. Seriously. And now they want you to be John like Wick armed. as well. Yeah. Yep. It's like, yeah, it's, 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 you're just asking me to do too much for $42,000. It's, 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 it's insane. It's insane. It's just, it's just not right. And no, you know, not realistic. I'm, whenever I see a teacher strike, I'm like, where's my sign? I'm ready to go. Let's yeah. do this. Let's join you. Yeah. So, okay. So you mentioned hair. When did that, when did that calling happen? And what was the first journey? Like, how did you, how did you, did you start in the basement? Like, how, like, how'd you get into that? <laughs> Have you always been cutting hair? Has it always been just like a thing you did on the side or like, what was there like a definitive moment? I, I can't really look back and say that there was like a definitive moment, but I, I've always been interested in like hair, fashion, makeup. Like I've always been quintessential girly girl. So I would cut my own hair when I got to be like, I don't know, probably like 13 or 14. I'd be like looking at YouTube tutorials, cutting my hair. Sure. And then I'd be like, let me cut my friend's hair. Let me cut this person's hair. So I got really into it probably like 12 or 13. And then it just kind of took off from there. How many bangs did you mess up? Oh, so many. So many. I look back, actually, one of my best friends, I think she was probably the first like person that I cut their hair, like after cutting my own. And yeah. I remember her stepmom just being like, what did you do? Like, how did this happen? And I was like, Michelle, it looks fantastic. Yeah. I don't know what uh, you're Michelle, talking about. Michelle, this is a hairstyle. She's like, did you fall with, were you guys <laughs> running with scissors or no, like, it's asymmetrical. This is my life's work right here. Yeah. You don't even know. Have you ever even seen friends or anything? This is the Rachel. It's fashion. Look it up. Yeah. <laughs> so... Speaking of quintessential moments, I know that you're saying you didn't have one with hair, but do you remember the first story or movie or TV show that kind of scratched that morbid itch, ah, morbid, morbid itch in the back <laughs> of your head that you never knew was there? Or was it always just you were always a fan of the creepy? Was it always there like the hair? Always there like the no, hair? No, no. The creepiness wasn't always there. I think Elena inspired the creepiness. My co-host Elena, she and I were, were aunt and niece, but we were raised more like sisters Mm -hmm. So she was always into that stuff. And like she kind of was the one that really brought me to the creepy and macabre. I'm trying to think if there was like, I think the first horror movie she showed me was Scream. Definitely. Great one. A good great one. one. Yeah. Great one. Great to be one. Introduced by. Yeah. Great one. Great one to be introduced to. And then we would always watch. Um, Alina, what were those? The most haunted places in America. Is that what it was called on the ABC oh God, channel? Yeah. yeah AB. The world's most haunted places. It was on like ABC <laughs> Family, and it would be like around Halloween time, and it was yeah. always on in Elena's room. The lady from 
Lady just, from Poltergeist <laughs> with the voice. Oh, oh, oh my God. You know what I'm talking Carol, about? Carol Ann, go into, yes. go into the light, Carol Ann. What an odd <laughs> figure that lady was. She just kind of was just uh, always in the right place at the right time. I yeah, think she popped she up in Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure or something like that. She just, I moments right. of my childhood where I I know that I, she scares me. You know, She's like terrifying. I see her and like, cause I know that I saw her at like formative moments in my life that weren't okay. Like, I feel like her eyes <laughs> popped out of her head in big, in Pee Wee's big, big adventure. Like she's driving a truck or something and yep. her eyes pop out of her head. And then in uh, poltergeist, she's terrifying in that. She just is the, you know, shout out to that lady. She gets, yeah. she deserves her flowers. I don't know her name, but she's a good I one. Don't you know, she's, she's a good egg, you know, she's a really yeah. good egg. She left her mark on our childhoods. Oh, for for good or for bad, you know? Yeah, for better or for yeah. worse. <laughs> for, better or for, worse. <laughs> for better or worse, she's part of it, you know? She is. Now, <clears throat> let me clear my throat. <clears throat> so, uh, the rise of Morbid seems like it must have been like a whirlwind of sorts, for good or for bad. And I think you guys are truly unique in the sense that you're one of the most successful podcasts that I know of that truly feels like we just wanted to try out podcasting. Like there's no, there was no big budget production out of the gates. I don't think that you guys had any prior ventures in entertainment, just people with genuine interest in a subject that happened to be gifted at storytelling and connecting with people and more importantly, each other. So can you just speak to kind of the unexpected power of the megaphone that you guys have been given? Okay. First of all, thank you so much. That was like so beautiful. I told you that I was getting journalistic and I meant it. You really did. It's been exactly like you said, a whirlwind. And no, we didn't have any like uh, experience podcasting and entertainment, anything like that. It was just like we were both interested in true crime. We always talked about it with each other. And we were like, oh, let's do a podcast. Let's see how that goes. And then we were like, yeah, I'm sure like our family will listen and support us and maybe a couple friends. And then it just really started taking off. And we were like, what the fuck is happening? Oh, can I curse? Of course you can curse. Okay, great, great. Fuck yeah, you can curse. <laughs> so we were like, what the fuck is happening? And then it just kept going. And it's been, again, a whirlwind, but it's been amazing. It's been like, we've gotten to meet so many cool people like you, like Fran, like so many cool creators and just experiences we never thought that we would have. Yeah, like, um, again, just to reiterate, just to really di dive deep into it. So there was no high school plays, no... No, like, I mean, again, because it really feels that's what's so cool about you guys show is it really feels like just two regular people. Like there's no ulterior motive. There's no hidden desire to just be an entertainer of sorts for the sake of it. Like I'll just do any kind of I would have done any kind of podcast. I just somebody gave us a studio and we just we're just being entertainers. Like, it really feels the genuineness of your interest and the normal people of it all comes through. There's no there's no like falsity in it and well, I think that that's you. really cool yeah. thank you yeah no neither I mean Elena was a theater kid I was like the complete opposite of a theater kid I, I didn't love high school I wasn't like well I loved high school but I didn't love like the school part of high school yeah, you didn't want to be there after the school was over no no, no no set no, design and <laughs> no set design no acting in front of people Elena was like amazing at that but uh -huh. even still it wasn't like I didn't I don't think that came into like oh like I need to be in front of people and acting it was just like yeah, let's do a podcast. And do you remember the first like, oh, this podcast is becoming a thing moment? I think it was when we got our first live show. And I think maybe there was like 50 to 75 people there. And we, first of all, having a live show in general, I was like, wow, we're really doing this. And then after the show, everybody that was there lined up and wanted to meet us. And I was like, these people want to meet us? Like, who the fuck are we? It was crazy. 
And I still have those moments while we're going, like, we just got a billboard in Times Square. And I'm like, wait, what the fuck? Like, when <laughs> when did that happen? It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so for, as far as that first live show moment, I mean, as somebody who didn't have any experience in entertaining or doing stage productions or anything like that, how did you prepare for that? We were super, super nervous. Elena's like very artistic and then I can kind of like get into my artistic ways. So mm -hmm. we knew that we wanted it to be like super moody and really cool. And we both love music. A show. So a show. Yeah. A vibe, if you will. So we wanted like spooky music. And I remember we walked out to, um, what was the song we walked out to? That I am the sun. Yeah. I am the air. <laughs> Charmed from Charmed? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. What is that Hell song yeah. called? The Charmed Song. The Charmed Song, yeah, for the sake of the recording, <laughs> The Charmed Song. But we walked out to that, and I just remember being like, oh, my God, this is really happening. And it just, the whole thing really did feel like How a vibe. How Soon Is Now is the song. How Soon Is Now. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's like, that's so awesome, because that's kind of, um, I'm mapping out uh, live shows right now, and, and my co-host friend has never done anything like that. And I have some experience. I used to do stand-up. I used to do things like that. So I've I've been in front of a crowd. So it's like I'm always interested in somebody who can who has gone from like nothing to a platform like you like you now have. And it's like, well, now a hundred people want to see us in a room, right? And it's like, how do you navigate that? Because a lot of people who've never done a podcast before don't understand. Like, when you get those negative reviews from people that are like, Ugh. who gave these people a podcast? It's like, I'm in my home. I did. Yeah, I was like, I'm in a home with my friend. We're just talking. Like, that's all that is. So it's so drastically different than being in a room and in a live setting. Because really, you can forget that there's mics in front of you. And especially, you know, you're with a family member like you are and just shooting the shit, you know? So, right. like, somebody being like, who? Somebody needs to get their money back for producing this show. <laughs> it's like, this is Guitar Center produced this show. So I don't know. <laughs> What you're talking about. You That's know? So, exactly right. Yeah. So I'm always just fascinated about like jumping off that ledge for the first time, what that feels like. Was it like a, was it an adrenaline rush? Did you, did you oh want to chase it? Absolutely. I loved it. As soon as we, we were literally waiting in a closet, like off of the like area of the stage. <laughs> the, the green room. Yeah. The, the quote unquote green room. And we're walking up to the stage and I'm seeing these people and I'm like, it's not processing in my mind that they're there for us. And then we sit on stage and we start going. And I really don't think it hit me until we were on the way home. And I was like, maybe that's the best way to do it is just to be thrown into it. And yeah. you're on so you can't turn back now. But it was crazy. Like the feeling is indescribable. So you you were a hairstylist. Yep. And you were going to be Ash the hairstylist who liked to travel and live life and do all the things that you like to do. And then all of a sudden there just was no map or this was not a pathway that was on the map or anything like that. And it's such a crazy detour. Really? But really I love crazy. that you're just rolling with the punches because, you know, it's, it's such a beautiful experience. But I mean, you it wasn't on your path or your vision board or anything, right? Not at all. No, that's why I think that's why it's been so crazy. But another reason why you just have to like be along for the ride and just take what comes at you. Yeah, I think that's yeah. I feel like that's the best way to be because each milestone is going to open you up more. Right. So every opportunity that comes, if you just say yes to it, or if you're in a position to now you've said yes to enough things that you go, I'm going to say no to this, but you've said enough uh, yes to enough things that you now have made yourself so comfortable in a space that you probably never plan to be comfortable in. You know, I see like when you guys do those, those live shows, well-produced, you know, and get to Thanks. be artistic. And those are so cool, by the way, like when, like, oh. and also it was like a brilliant post 
quarantine in quarantine idea to just be Thank like, let's you. do like a a beautifully designed set and a live show. But all, <laughs> it was just a great idea. And so I love that you guys have found all these ways to really infuse who you are into the show as the show has grown. You know, Thank you. when you get when you get more resources to play with, you see, you know, the production value goes up, but it still feels like you guys. And that's exactly how we wanted it to be, because obviously, yeah, like production value does go up, but you still want it to feel for the people that have been with you since the beginning, like the core of the show, you know? Yeah, I think you guys nailed that instead of just being like, well, we got some money to play with now. Pyrotechnics. <laughs> I mean, maybe we will we will fuck around with pyrotechnics at some point. Let's but... not rule it out. Let's not... Yeah, don't rule that out, Alvin. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, back to the show, though. Um, has there been a case or a cryptid or a ghost story that you all have covered? I'm sure there have been many that you guys have looked into and went, this is too much and haven't covered. But have there been ones that you've covered that ended up being too morbid for you guys? Like you stuck with you for longer than you expected it to or or you know you regretted it or anything like that I wouldn't say there's any case or cryptid or anything like that that we regret covering like I'm happy that I'm happy with our catalog and everything we've covered but there are definitely cases that stick with you I remember the Moore's murders was like a four three or four part series that Elena did it's like these Scottish killers and they mostly yeah. killed children and that has stuck with me forever. I still, to this day, have nightmares about that case because yeah, trigger or not trigger warning, but trigger warning. If you go on Google, you can see pictures from like the crime scene that yes. is awful, and that happened to me by accident. So that has stuck with me. Um, and then a creepy one that happened. We it was a case that we planned on covering. It was it's black eyed children. Have you ever heard of them? No. Okay, so it's like this weird. It's kind of like a cryptid. They're these children and they just have like huge black eyes and they show up to your house in the middle of the night and they want to come inside your house and you don't really know why, but if you invite them in, shit goes awry. Like people sure. have ended up with like radiation poisoning. People have gone like deaf, blind, like they've, their partner has died, all this crazy stuff. They're kind of like aliens. Aliens. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so weird. We planned on covering it. We, it was one that we actually worked on together and we sit down, we're going to record it. We record the whole thing and it won't play back. And it oh, will, like on. the file is distorted. <laughs> it won't work. I was like, and we just had this weird feeling the whole yeah. time we were recording that like something wasn't right. So we ended up having to scrap that recording because the file was so distorted, we couldn't use it. And we did end up visiting it, revisiting it later. But that's another one that stuck with me. If my door, if I get a knock on my door in the middle of the night, I'll just be... I'll be in pieces. I'll just like explode. Well, if I get a knock on the door in the middle of the night and it's children of any kind, I will call the police and they can come and handle you guys at the door. Yes. I don't really like the idea. It's it's one of my most, the laughter of a child in the dark. Thank you. Um, uh, Terrible. The, the twin children uh, dressed the same at places that there aren't supposed to be children. <laughs> get out um, of here. Yeah, like these are just tropes that I, 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 listen, kids are great. Yeah. Some places I'm not, exp I don't have kids. So right. one, if, I, if a kid is laughing in my home, I'm leaving, I'm burning this house down. <laughs> yeah, and I just have to deal off. with the consequences. Like, there's something's wrong here. You know? Yep. And seeing twin children, unless it's Tia and Tamara Mari or Zach and Cody, <laughs> we're good. I don't need to, you know, matching clothes from the 1800s. No. no. No, I'm leaving. Get out of here, you little shining fucks. Yeah, you get the fuck out of here, man. Yeah. And why you guys don't match? You should be individuals. Yeah. Just because you're twins doesn't mean you have to. 
be the same person. That's weird. It's creepy. Express yourself differently. Express yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> do what you got to so, do. Uh, yeah. So um, talking, you know, coming off of that conversation we just had, how do you decompress or escape the heaviness of, you know, again, going from somebody who was going to be a person who makes people feel good about, you know, styling hair, which, you know, obviously you still, you know, you still do, but, yeah. you know, um, it'll always be you as long as you have scissors. Yep. Um, but <laughs> very, very different than what you now do as your career path now. It's a lot of heavy, you know. Yeah. And how do you escape that or get away from it or clear your head or reset? No, definitely. Um, Bravo is a big network that is constantly playing in my house. So uh-huh. I come home from like a long day of creepiness. I pour myself a little drinky drink. Doesn't have to like sometimes it's wine, sometimes it's Diet Coke. I turn yeah. on the housewives and I just I'm gone. I dig it. You know? Also, I've been very much into mocktails lately. I love a good mocktail. Yeah. I like well, I like I like alcohol. It's good stuff, yeah. you know, in, in, in the right occasion. But sometimes I just like the process of making a complicated drink. Yes. And then it's like pretty at the end. Yeah. You know, making an egg white foam and getting out the shaker and pouring stuff into the little ounce thing and the yeah. whole process. But I might not want to get drunk on a Wednesday. Exactly. You know, I, I, I just want to have a nice fruity aromatic cocktail so yes. i've been really uh i've been really get digging uh the non-alcoholic cocktail as of late um i definitely recommend that with you know i've been uh, trying to catch up on this vanderpump rules oh, drama it's a so whole big good. web especially coming from i have nothing but it's it was it's been thrown so much into my face that i'm like let me try to let me unpack this see you know? i actually envy you that like you haven't watched from the beginning because having that experience now knowing that you're leading up to the scandal of all of it all i crave see. that experience <sighs> watching vanderpump rules for the first time again i would pay money like to have that <laughs> to have experience. it neuralized out of your brain to yes. nothing and then start fresh yes a little bravo a little drinky poo yeah and it's, a, it's a simple way to do i like that too i like that you know you don't need to do anything too drastic no you're not no. like oh every three weeks cabo oh i wish and you just don't if you cut, cut the phone off and i just don't contact me i need to be oh. away in a resort not i just need to decompress in that way like if i could full escape if i could do that i absolutely yeah. would that i would don't love scratch it off to the board <laughs> don't, don't scratch it off the board don't scratch no. it off the board i might have just i might have just gave you maybe not every three weeks maybe like every six months yeah there you, you know? go every, every once a year yeah, yeah, yeah let's get more realistic about it yeah Perfect. Now, uh, one of my last questions before I have a you know a little a little uh, question and answer thing that I get to at the end is oh fun. I got one more. I got one more to throw at you. Professional okay. voice. <clears throat> now, Ash, you are a successful queer podcaster who has built an amazing following of diverse people from all walks of life. Now, do you feel a sense of responsibility, especially in wake of the legislation and attacks from the government and literal attacks from fellow citizens in general? to stand in the light of your truth and be an example of love alongside your fiance? Or do you prefer to be able to keep some parts of your life personal and protect them? Honestly, I think I stand somewhere in the middle of that because I do feel a responsibility, especially to like our queer listeners right now when everybody's going through this tough time. Like people will message me and, you know, how do you deal with this? Like, how do we get through this? What's going to happen? And I like to be able to be there for people and have those hard conversations and you know, be a support, but also at the same time, like with my personal relationship, I do like to be a little more private. Yeah. Fully understandable. It's one of those things where I started podcasting, I was engaged, the engagement was broken off. And then you get these new people that come in and they're like, how's such and such? And I'm like, 
that was two years ago. You know, so it's like yeah. you give this piece of your life out there and then you have no control over right. who knows That's it or what they do with it and how they can throw it back at you, whether intentional or not. It's just, you know, it's like you want to keep a piece of yourself for yourself. Yeah. And, you know, like I want to pre- protect my fiance. When we first started podcasting, he hadn't transitioned yet. So people still use his dead name and, you know, hateful people will comment terrible things if he's on an episode. So it's at the point where he doesn't really like to be on episodes because he doesn't want to yeah. experience that. So I've gotten to the point where I definitely like to shield him from that kind of thing. Yeah. Understandable. Yeah. Some some uh, shitty people out there. But yeah. I would say that you probably would agree that the good outweighs the bad Yep. as I, far as, you know, being in the space. Totally. I think for every shit person, there's like a hundred great people. That's a great ratio. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we get out of here, I have a questionnaire that I like to ask. It was made famous by Mr. Bernard Pivot and uh, from inside the actor studio, James Lipton, uh, uh, an idol of mine. Um, would you be interested in taking my questionnaire? Yes, absolutely. And thank you so much for okay. having me. Yes, of course. This was great. Would love to do it again anytime. Yeah. Uh, to kick things off, uh, Ash, what is your favorite word? Oh, my favorite word. Right now, I would say ubiquitous. Oh. Right? Isn't that a fun word that's to a, say? That's a, 20, that's, a, that's, a, that's a $20 word. Now, where are you dropping that? Are you just dropping that to flex or you, you know, does it have its place? You just like kind of to flex, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was sometimes I you forget. just gotta flex a twenty dollar word. You do. I heard it the other day, and I was like, or I was reading, and I read that, and I was like, wait, what does that mean again? And I googled it, and I was like, ah, I could use that in a sentence. Yeah, yeah. this this has its place. Yeah. Just you're gonna people are gonna be like, oh, excuse me, Ash, I didn't know that we were being ubiquitous today. <laughs> you was like, oh, whatever. Hey, that's, I'm like, yeah, hey, we are. You guys take it that way, like what? I, that's just a word to me. You gotta play exactly. It cool. I feel like share and uh, in clueless. It's my it's my word of the week. Yeah, <laughs> ubiquitous. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is your least favorite word? Oh, my least favorite word. I don't. Mm, I don't know if I have a least favorite word. You love all the words. Yeah, I don't love the word moist, but I feel like nobody really does. No, it, it just does something to the back of your neck. You know, yeah. it just, it's, it's not a fun one. Yeah, we, we, mo- moist is always a safe bet. That's the thing. So, I didn't want to say what everybody else says, but. Moist is gross. Listen, Ash, you've been plenty unique in your life and in this interview. Thanks. You, we, can, we, can be, we can be basic on the words that we hate. I also hate moist. Okay, good. I also hate rural, mostly because I can't oh, say it. Oh, yeah, I don't like rural. There's also town yeah. names that I hate, but I don't want to get anybody mad at me. But I can't say them, and then people <laughs> yell at me, and I'm like, damn it, I'm trying. Man, the ways that... <laughs> that's, we, can go, we can go on a, a real tangent about that without right? saying any cities. But the amount of cases that I've done and about a city that I'll never go to... Yep. I can get real disrespectful if we're not saying names. <laughs> a city I'll never go to, and a state I'll never go to, yep. and I've just said it because that's just the case that we're covering, and have had like multiple messages of like, Hey, listen, just so you know, it's X, Y, and Z, not Y, X, and Z. Yep. Like, I don't, sorry, I don't, I'll I don't never go. There. Don't live there, won't live there. Nope. Can't live there, don't live there. I don't know her. Bront, bront live there. Never <laughs> met her. <laughs> all of the variations of live there, I'm all of them. I'm sorry that I said your name of the place that you live wrong, and I'm sure it's great for you. Yeah. But I don't care. And, and you know, and, and I Googled it, and I said what made sense to me. I did my best. And there's also dialect, too. Like, people speak differently. Yeah. I'm from the East Coast. Right. Cut me some slack. <laughs> Do you know how many words I could be saying wrong that I don't? 
Yeah. How about that? Nobody ever gives me credit for that. Or like the towns in, in Massachusetts. I'm like, try to say some of these. <laughs> you want to go tit for tat on things that are hard to say? Yeah. How about this one? Exactly. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, what's a quality that you love in people? Oh, um, I like people that are understanding. That's you know, one. like you can like yeah. shoot the shit with them about anything, like understanding and ex- accepting. Like they don't make you feel weird yes. for bringing up something. No, random. they just they just they just accept it, get it, empathize with it, even if they don't live it or relate to it. Exactly. Yeah. Which I think is it's weird that that's not just a trait in all people. I wish it was that that you can like this idea that <clears throat> it's a whole thing. But like the this ridiculous drag show controversy oh my god the idea that you can't understand the, the idea that you could go to uh Cirque du Soleil or the circus yep. or any of those things and go oh it's entertainment you know like people are dressed up in crazy things and expressing themselves and it's art mm-hmm. but a drag show you it brings out these dumb who are brainwashed by the media but whatever but that they come with this anger and like I don't get it and kids and th- why are they allowed to it's a show, you exactly. know, like if you don't like the show, don't go to the show. That's it's the really thing. that simple. You can feel that way. Like you're wrong because drag is amazing. Exactly. <clears throat> Excuse me. But like you don't have to bring your kids to it. You know, so I, yeah, I agree. I think that's a great quality and people just be like understanding and, and get that. Hey, man, if 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 you can tell that this is not coming from a place of hate or harm. Yeah. Then why is it making you so angry? Exactly. My whole thing is live and let live. Yes. You know? I fully agree. Everyone would feel so much better if they just did Everybody, that. Like, walking around tents all the time, right. just being like, Bud Light? Like, you oh. guys are serving Bud Light in here still? Oh, God. Shoot all the Bud Light. <laughs> I mean, I just couldn't imagine walking around being that tense in the world at like seeing other people's lived experience that's different from yours. And it like makes you furious. And if Bud Light is your biggest problem, you're living a blessed <laughs> life. So move yeah. on. I was shooting Bud Light long before they love trans people. Like I, Bud Light's disgusting. How about shoot it because it's foul? Yeah, How about, you Bud know, Light like a, is <laughs> not the best beer. So there, there's other options anyway, guys. Yeah, what are we doing here? But you know, okay. So uh, what's a quality that you hate in people? Ooh, I don't like uh, small-minded or close-minded people. Yes, of course. Yeah, you know? yeah it's it's um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a sickness, which is sad. But most people that have that sickness are insufferable, and I don't have any compassion for them. So yeah. they or they make it hard to anyway. You right. Know? So yeah, it's like you feel pit, you pity them. You know, as 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 mean as that sounds, but I'm fine being mean to mean people. But yeah, you Agreed. pity somebody, but they make it easy for you to be like, oh, well, I do pity you, and, and go fuck yourself. Yeah. You know? Or one uppers. I don't like one uppers. Oh, I hate a person that's like, oh, you think you had a great time? Let me tell you about the right. great time I had six years ago. And it's like, well, I'm just, I'm still like off of the high of this. It just happened yesterday. You're yeah. just telling me about the best moment of your life and taking my shine. Yeah, like, let me live a little. Yeah, let me just, you know, can I just, I didn't tell you this to go tit for tat. I just wanted to just kind of yeah, express Just sharing a little bit of my life. Yeah, and like, well, fuck you. How about this story? I'm like, all right, well. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. I guess it's not not my time anymore i guess we'll just move on uh <laughs> what sound or <laughs> what sound or noise do you love Ooh, that's a good question i love okay this is a weird like niche sound i like to do this with my nails oh the clickety clack i like the clickety clack sound and i also like the clickety clack sound if you have heels on and you're walking oh i do like that it really yeah. it, it makes me it makes me stand up straight because i feel like somebody with authority is coming 
Yeah, exactly. It makes if I'm wearing heels, I'm like, oh, I feel the authority in my steps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, 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 um, I like I have these heeled boots that I wear when it's warm, when I'm doing a 70s thing. And when wow. I leave my condo, it's like the, the steps are bare. So every step I hit is like it yeah. echoes through the hall. And I'm like, I'm a fucking boss. Don't talk right? to me. Don't look at me. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about a heel that just really brings out the boss in you. And I understand that. Yeah, Your arrival is announced before you even get there. Yeah, they're like they hear you before they see you. I like for people to hear me and smell me before they see me. So I'm very, I'm very selective about the, the, the sense that I put on. And when I'm wearing a shoe, unless it's unless it's that shoe, sometimes your your sock is wet and like makes that oh. duck noise. That's the opposite of the boss. Whatever the opposite of boss energy is, it's that. It's like that's a, a dweebus is coming down the hallway. Yeah, that's yucca like, energy. Wink, 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 oh. wink. Yeah, if I, I'm like, I'm going home. Yeah, like I got I've go. left school. I've left school in middle school <laughs> on days where I'm like, I don't know what I, these shoes are damp versus I got to go. I can't walk around school like this all day. I will not. The vibes I'm are going off. To the, I'm going to the nurse. I'm sick. Mom, come pick me up. Thank you. I've used that card many more times than I should have, but it's fine. Yeah. Anything for fashion. Now, what's a sound or noise that you hate? Oh, um, I don't like when people are chewing with their mouths open. I hate that sound. Found. Yeah. It's foul. It's truly foul. And if you're not five years old, it's unacceptable. Yeah. Like mouth smacking is not okay. Oh, yeah. No. If you're an adult and we're out at a restaurant and you are mouth smacking your food. I have to it go. It will be the last time and it will be the last time that we eat dinner together. Oh. Maybe even talk or converse. Yeah. You might just be written just, out of my life. Yeah. You're just like an unserious person. If you're casually chewing with your mouth open, Ugh. not only just in general, but publicly, you're just cool with people around you knowing that you do that. And, and me by proxy being at the table with you, they're like, these people are probably animals. They probably throw their trash out of their window when they drive yep. and they're smacking with their mouths and they just don't have any laws or rules in their life. It's like, you're making us look bad. Yeah. Like, don't you have any, <laughs> any pride in like, what are you doing? I can't have you in my life if you openly mouth smack and yeah. I have to tell you, you're not conscious of it. That's the thing. I don't want to have to tell you that. Like, chew with your mouth closed. Yeah, like, I'm nobody's that's mother. Exactly. And I don't want to be. No, not Ash, right now. Don't don't want to be. Nope. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not here to tell you how to live your life, but you're living it wrong. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, blessings to you. <laughs> I'm out. Yeah. I wipe my hands of this. Because I'm not going to be the person ruining your good time of chewing with your mouth open if that's what you like to do. Yeah, that's but your thing. But I don't thing. associate with people like that. Yeah. yeah, I don't associate people like that. And I don't tell people how to live their life. Yeah, so, like, good just, day, sir. I can't be a part of it, and I will, and I, and I shan't. I, I shan't. shan't. I shan't. Um, Ash, who or what motivates you? Who or what motivates me? Um, I would say my nieces definitely motivate me to like work as hard as I do because they're like my practice kids. I always say. Mm -hmm. So, and then like the thought of my future kids motivates me. Like I want so them it, it, to look back and be like, wow, my mom was a badass. And I want my nieces to be yeah. like, wow, my mom and my aunt were like the coolest people, baddest bitches ever. For sure. Yeah. No, that it, I think that that's, it's necessary because, you, you know, you can get stagnant, mm -hmm. you know, you can, and you can start to accept, you know, especially, especially the, the quickness and the, the rise that you guys have had. I mean, you guys could go, you, we did it. Like, let's. Let's just coast, you know, like we, <laughs> let's just let's not reinvent the wheel here. But it's good to have something in your life that's like, no, like we can venture into this world. Let's go, go to this thing. Let's try this thing now. Exactly. And I think that that's a good thing. Yeah, I think that's a good thing to have. I think we all need motivators. Sometimes haters are our motivators, and, but yours is coming from a much sweeter place. Yeah. I think that that's good. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so 
What profession other than yours would you like to attempt? Ooh. Um, that's a good question, too. There's so many options. The world is your oyster. I know. Maybe skydiving. Just like a professional skydiver. Yeah. Oh, a prof- oh, like a Red Bull. Like you wear the Red Bull vest. You like jump out of a, a plane that's in space. Yeah. Or like a race like car extreme. driver. Like something really Ex- oh, extreme. extreme. Yeah. Thrill seeking. Yeah. Yeah. I love a good thrill. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or like you'd be like Johnny Knoxville or something like that. Maybe not that far. Crazy. <laughs> yeah well that's just like pain he just is like dangerous. hurts himself yeah yeah like, you just want to drive a car fast you don't want like the car to hit you no no no, no none of that. while standing in front of it no. Yeah, 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 yeah you don't want to be a professional idiot you want to be like a thrill seeker <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah exactly yeah johnny knoxville is like a one-of-one one job that's not like you can't just go do that no no way but you could be a nascar driver yeah that i could do yeah 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 it's like i think i'd want to be like rammed by bulls <laughs> yeah profession- maybe give that professionally a <laughs> yeah <laughs> just see what that experience is like yeah like maybe give that like a three to five put that on my resume yeah see if i survive uh, yeah <laughs> so um what profession would you never want to participate in oh you know what i actually don't think i could be a teacher which is crazy because i spent so much of my life wanting to be a teacher but now i don't yeah, think that's I could wild do it. So yeah, I wanted That's a wild thought to have in hindsight. It huh? is. I wanted to be a special education teacher, but it was too emotional for me and I got too connected to the kids and I would just go home like crying yeah. and being like, "Why can't I fix this?" Yeah, like that's it's it you know, to to be emotional in that system cuz you 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 see at some point unless you go private. I've heard people that have good stories They're like I went to become a private school teacher and it's like, you know, it's their rules and whatever, but it's just a it's just an easier go as opposed to being left to they put you in a, a district where you know the poverty levels are so low and you can't detach right. and kids are hungry and you gotta if you if you can't not wear that on your sleeve it goes from being this dream to like depressing every day yeah. you know because you care for these kids and you're like well i'm gonna go home and i'm not gonna eat so now you're buying food right. and it, it just is like again like we said at the top of the show it is the most thankless job i can think of with the highest responsibility stakes. and stakes i mean it's totally. like the future of the country and you're a person who is making no money and they're like and also reinvest that money into children who need help right right you know and so, yeah so but that's that's definitely crazy to have that have been a, a path that you were on. And now in hindsight, you're like, I couldn't I couldn't have done that for the rest of my life at all. It was too it was it was it was too heavy. Yeah, exactly. It, it was too heavy. Understandable. Well, now you're like an educator in a way still, you know, like yeah. you get and, and also you get to be this inspiration to people and, and, and uh, this this shoulder to lean on. I mean, again, I, I mean, on a much smaller scale, obviously, but I, I, I get the same messages of, you know, people being like, I went through chemotherapy and listen to your podcast, you know, and right. you know those those things just really. They hit you and they touch your soul, you know, yeah. so it, this is such a interesting medium to have, you know, to to exist. Mm-hmm. To where you're like in people's ears for hours a day and you get them through some of their worst times. Yeah. And it is nice to hear that. Like you're like, oh, okay, like I am making a difference. Yeah, for sure. It's it's uh it's fulfilling. It's it's the most unexpectedly fulfilling thing I've ever done in my life. Agreed. It wasn't like I didn't I didn't go to school to podcast or anything like that. It was just a thing I did, picked up one day, and now I'm took off. You know, took off and I'm getting messages from people that are like beautiful. And I'm and I'm and again it goes back to that. I'm just in my house. Right. I just, I'm just talking. I wasn't, you know, but I'm, it, it floors me to hear some of the things that people say. Seriously. Now, Ash, my final question to you is, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? 
You did a good job. You can't ask for much more than that. I just want to know that like I did it right, you know? Ash, thank you once again for joining me. If you have anything that you got going on that you would like to promote, plug, talk about, speak on really quickly, please, the floor is yours. Other than that, you know, again, thank you again for joining me and I'm shutting up. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you again so much for having me. I would do this any day of the week. It was so much fun. Love to have you anytime. Thank you. And um, yeah, as far as plugs go, listen to Morbid wherever you listen to podcast and listen to our new show the rewatcher we're having so much fun with that it's a uh, buffy the vampire rewatch show i'm watching it for the first time which is a fucking oh. experience and a half so much how fun. is that so much fun it's so campy it, it that is it's a so perfect fun. way to describe it and that's that's the kind of stuff i love so yeah we're having a great time so definitely go listen to that because i think it shows through in the show well uh thank you again for joining me folks thank you guys for listening see you guys next time